from zero to two million by 21 crazy. We fired everybody. You got to make these decisions. It's key to business success. It's a long game approach. That's great, man. Happy to have on the show today my good friend Christian Smotherman with his company Growth Loop. So Christian, thanks for coming on, man. And I appreciate it, Chad, for having me on. I'm really excited to continue the conversation. We always have really good talks, so I'm sure that people are going to love it. Yeah, definitely. Jumping into the business journeys, where are you at today? What got you here? What didn't go right? Oof, that is a good question, man, because if you asked me this question five years ago, I probably would have told you I have no idea where I'm at right now. I don't know what's going on with the business, but I'm figuring it out. And today I can say that we're really in an interesting space of growth as a company in terms of bringing new products and services to the market and really honing in on our theory of transformation and repeatedly getting results. And so we're at that sort of like transition point, I think, from a startup into a scalable business model. Now, the challenge, though, to get here, I think, has been really getting clear on the offer. And if I could really hone in on what I see across the entrepreneurial space in terms of what kind of gets in people's way of growth, it's not really having that clarity of the offer. Like, what is it that you're really bringing to market? What's the tangible transformation? And then how are you packaging that and communicating that to your customers? So it took me a while to get to that point to where I could literally get up in front of people and say, hey, like I sell growth systems. We've got Growth Loop OS that's going to transform your business, help managing your business become much more easier and simple. And all you got to do is install it and follow the instructions and boom, you're going to be a modernized business with a modernized setup. So being able to articulate that, I think, has been a big part of the journey. But a lot of the challenge, I think, for me starting off, too, was doing everything by myself. And I don't know if you've had that challenge. I'm interested to hear from you on this. But when you're first starting out, oftentimes you're not only the founder, you're the service provider if you've got a service based business, but you're also the company's only employee. So you've got the responsibility of a CEO and you've got the responsibility of an employee, which is pretty tough. Now I've got a team, so things are much more sustainable and a lot more fun. We've got team meetings. I can have other folks on business calls. And it's not just me as a solopreneur trying to take everything to the next level. So I'd say those have been like the biggest transformations, the offer and the team and just being able to create a community around what we do. And yeah, it's been really exciting. A lot of fun. Yeah, I'll speak to my experience on that side as well, which was by the age of 21, my business had scaled from zero to two million dollars. And it was such rapid growth that I was doing everything right. I was the customer service person. I want you to finish this, but I just want to highlight the fact that you said you scaled a business, bro, from zero to two million by 21. Crazy, crazy. But continue. That's crazy. That's a little crazy. And I thought that was normal, right? I didn't have any anything to compare it to. I yeah. just knew I was going to work really hard and make it happen. And so I did every job. And then we started hiring really fast, as quickly as we could. But everything from yeah. shipping orders to customer service to like admin wow. work to so i was wearing all right at one point or another i wore 20 hats wow. did it all and then i was like all right i can't i'm gonna die <laughs> like <laughs> super unsustainable and i just said we had to learn quickly how to hire a bunch of people and yeah. of course the first round of people i hired within two years we fired everybody i was terrible at hiring but you keep learning and you keep growing so that yeah. business ended up going on for seven years yep. it, it hit a cap 
So it couldn't get past three and a half million. And it didn't really seem to matter what I did. And I came to the conclusion that this industry is tough. And mm. I met somebody who was in the returns logistics. So taking all these returns back from Amazon, Walmart, Target, processing them and reselling them online. That was the model. Yeah. And it was massively labor intensive. You had a lot of returns because you were selling secondhand goods and your supply chain changed all the time. And so you couldn't build a sustainable model around it. I met a couple of the guys who had done well in it. One of them being the founder of a company called Boxy Charm, which mm. was sold for, I think it was sold for about hundred million. It was a subscription model that was marketed by the Kardashians and it was Beauty Box. And he actually was a liquidation guy. He was a returns guy. And he had a Ooh. business in that space for about nine years before he moved into having the subscription box, which was a much more scalable model. And he's, he realized he said the biggest guys in liquidation, they've had the companies for hundred years and they cap at 30 million. And these are guys <laughs> have been in this like multi-generations. Yeah. So he's, I knew I wasn't gonna, this wasn't gonna be a hundred million dollar company ever. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I need to switch wow. my model. Wow. I got a question for you. Cause this is, I think there's like a number of insights here. First off, the fact that you were able to scale that fast to 2 million and you had that rapid hiring spree, I'm interested in hearing what you learned from that because I'm sure there were challenges in terms of managing people, picking the right people. What do you think contributed to that first year of challenge with those new hires? So I ended up refining my interview process at yeah. a very high level because I realized what people say is not the truth. In Ooh. these interviews, there's a lot of BS. So I refined my questions many times to where I stopped asking about skills and I started asking about values. So it could be something like, what book do you pull the most inspiration from? That's one of my hiring questions. What do you learn from your parents that really stays with you to this day? Yep. Stuff that tell, teaches me who you are as a person, not as much as what you've done or what you say you can do. And then if they, it was a skills job, I would have them do testing. So yeah. let's say it was a big da data entry type of position. I would have them do a data entry test to mm -hmm. see if they could actually be capable of doing that. Cause there's times when I, they couldn't. And yeah. that kind of is a quick yeah. filter. And so, yeah, we had to lay off the whole staff and do it again. And guess what? That wasn't the last time I ended up laying off my entire staff. Wow. These are big decisions to be making at such a young age. And I think it also just speaks to the demands of being a CEO. Like you got to make these decisions. These are tough decisions. Hiring somebody is a tough decision. Firing somebody is a tough decision. With where you're at now, because you've grown like tremendously since then. With where you're at now, what's your approach to really building that team culture and creating a team that's high performing? So now it's core values, step one. Yep. We define yep. based off the founders. And so like my current venture is a cosmic web design. My mm -hmm. co-founder is actually my brother on this one. So I wanted to define the values based off of him because he's a developer, he's the coder. We developed it based off of his personality. We then took those core values, which are something as good, a high quality service to the customer, simplify, never make things more complex than they need to be. We took that and we implemented it throughout everything. It's in our hiring documents. It's in our interview mm. questions. It's in our performance reviews and it's enforced consistently. And therefore we hire people who fit the value system. Yeah. And now we have a tighter team and a stronger team because of that. And guess what? If somebody comes into the organization and they don't fit, we don't have to do anything. They just get automatically pushed out. It's amazing. So really you scaled your values in created systems around them in the business itself. 
Wow, that's amazing. I think an entrepreneur needs to be a good systems builder or else you're not gonna be able to scale. Have you been seeing that with what you do with Growthloop? 100% man, systems are the number one reason why businesses don't grow. Lack of systems are the number one obstacle. And I think like what I found with systems is that I think it's a scary term for a lot of people because they're like, what does that look like? What is a system? How do I integrate that into my ecosystem, into what I do on a day-to-day basis? But it's the system that allows you to take strategic action. That's what a system enables you to do. And I think when you've got a way to organize your mind as an entrepreneur, your activities as an entrepreneur and delivery of the service, that's where you're able to achieve real scale. I don't know if you experienced this, but I know as a solopreneur, when I was a solopreneur, I didn't really have systems. I was all over the place just doing everything, constantly juggling a million different things at once. And the only thing that's going to happen from that is burnout, literal burnout. And you're looking and you're like, man, how did I get here? And it's because I didn't have an infrastructure. I didn't have systems set up to manage the day-to-day operations and everything that goes on in the business. On a personal level, that's critical. But on a business level, I think every great business, if you really pull back the hood and look at it, they've got a high-performing operating system. Folks know what their role is. They know what the procedures and processes look like. There's a shared language and a shared value system around how to actually do the work. So I think what you're describing literally is, it's key to business success, absolutely. The shared language part is really important because then things just work better. It's a machine and the cogs need to, just the gears need to turn properly and quickly. So it could even be as much as like, we started doing, so that company, the one I scaled three and a half, I had 18 employees and so we had, team meetings where once a week, it didn't even have to be about the business. It could be yep. something from some sort of outside education. And we would go through it and then point out where our values were actually reflected mm-hmm. in that education. Or wow. something that happened in the week. Hey, we had this major issue in the organization. This is what happened. These are the problems. And with our value system, this is how we got through it as a team. Yep. And then people would feel the camaraderie. I love that. I love that. Yeah, one thing that we do Friday forecasts And every Friday we come together, we share our wins from the week. We share some of our low points as well, just getting a sense of what went well and what didn't go well this week. But then we also get clear on everybody's individual and collective goals. And I think one thing I've seen, because I've worked for a number of companies and like, I often see that, especially as teams get bigger, people fall into these silos, like they're not communicating with each other. And when you have those gaps in communication, you can't really build a strong team or a culture because people don't really know each other. And I think one thing that I love about the work I'm doing now and the team that I have now is that we actually have a family culture built into who we are, not only with ourselves, but also with our clients. But business is a lot more fun when you can hop on a call and actually relate to the people who you work with. You got something to talk about. It's not always about the work, but it's also about who you are as an individual and how you're self-actualizing and growing as a person. So that, to me, one of the biggest values we have is that who you are, like literally who you are and what you bring to the table, bring that full authentic version of yourself to the business. And we have created a culture where we can identify and have conversations and make sure that this is the right fit. Yeah. That family aspect. So I think that's really important. 
So I'll give you a very extreme example of this one. Yeah. That business, which was this returns e-commerce, I ended up laying off all 18 staff in Ooh. a day because the business just, it wasn't working anymore. And I knew we yeah. were capped and I knew we, there was no more growth, but they're still, the, the, they were so close and Ooh. I was authentic when I did it. I'm like, listen, it's, this is not anything to do with you guys. It's our industry. Yeah. Wow. I still speak with them today. My top management team, if they were the right fit for my current venture, I'd bring them right back and they'd be here right away. That's crazy. And yeah. they're not the right fit for this business, unfortunately. So they've yeah. all went on and done their own things. And guess what? They do doing great things. Like my, my head of the operations is like killing it on TikTok right now, selling her own arts and crafts product. I think her TikTok's growing faster than mine, which is hilarious. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. But it's like, you don't have to burn bridges in business. You don't have to. It's all about relationships. And that relationship-based approach, I think, is a long game approach. Like business is not a sprint, even though we might experience a lot of growth really fast or we've got these goals that we're trying to hit quickly. Business is still, it's an endurance game. And that means building strong relationships and not burning bridges or severing bonds with people over something petty or even over the business itself. Like I always tell folks that I've worked with in the past, even ventures that I've been a part of and I'm no longer a part of, I let folks know, I'm like, listen, man, I love what you're doing. I love you. I care about you. But this is just isn't the right fit for me right now. But I'm here to champion whatever it is that you're doing so that you can self-actualize and really live into your full purpose. Because that's what this is all about. Like business is just about helping people at scale literally. And part of helping people is also helping people become the best versions of themselves and supporting them where they're at, whether you're in business or I'm personal. So that really resonates with me a lot. So he's giving more than you receive in absolutely anything. Yeah. How do you see that unfolding your business? Like, how do you do that? So I do a lot of free value. So it could yeah. be like the podcast. First of all, that's a big medium for us. So yep. I'm talking to people, I'm getting their stories out. I love doing it and it's good for them because they appreciate it. And Absolutely. then it, I also will jump on a call for a website audit. Like I will go through your website and be like, like you were talking about earlier, being clear on your offer. You can't tell you how many websites are not clear on the offer and people bounce yeah. right away. Yep. And so I tell them, Hey, listen, this is what your offer. Talk to me. What's your offer? And they start saying, Oh, I help businesses grow. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> what businesses grow? Yeah. Who, how are you helping them grow? So yep. I actually had somebody on the show a couple of days ago and after talking through it, we realized, Hey, you were like super specialized in Ooh. consulting on energy storage optimization, but your website says wow. nothing about that. So why don't we just make your whole website energy storage optimization? Yeah. I love everything you're saying because you're showing that sales is service. Like sales is not just trying to sell somebody on what it is that you offer. It's actually helping them through whatever challenge they're facing that you are uniquely positioned to solve. And I think that you like what you're doing is some ninja shit. I like it a lot because you're able to be like, yo, I see this one thing that you need, but I've got a whole host of strategic insight and thoughts on this end. That's going to also take you to the next level. So that's, that's authority building, that's service, that's relationship. And I love it. I love that. I want to thank Christian for being on the show today and going back and forth with me on entrepreneurship. And I want everybody to smash the subscribe button so that we can actually keep giving some more value here. But you know who I am. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki. Check out Christian with Growth Loop, and we'll see you next time.